0: Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. Hello, everyone. I am Rick Thomas, and this is Life Over Coffee. It is that time of the year where we have this seasonal interruption that we call Halloween. And so I thought that it might be helpful for me to share a few thoughts about Halloween and navigating through it, especially for those of you who have young children Uh, There are many different perspectives to Halloween, and, and sometimes it can be very emotive and even controversial. Sad to say, but we Christians, we can be that way. And so I have written out something that I want to share with you. I've titled this six thoughtful and practical responses to Halloween. And so I'm going to present to you Six different perspectives. They are fictional scenarios of how six different people and families respond to Halloween. And as you think about all of them, maybe you'll find yourself in one of those six spots. Uh, But most definitely, you will find some of your friends in one of those six scenarios. And I trust that what I have to present here to you will be a benefit for you, especially as you engage your friends over this over this seasonal interruption that we have uh, called Halloween. From a, from a degree of difficulty perspective, Halloween is uh, the most challenging of all of our American holidays. We must give just a little bit of mental energy uh, to this tradition a few days every October. The good news is, is this makes Halloween no different from any other opportunity to make God's name great as we engage our culture, and I trust that, that that is on the forefront of your mind. I mean, it doesn't matter what the situation is as far as making God's name great. That is always our objective. There's some challenges that we have that are just not that difficult, and for me, Halloween is one of them. I've never really struggled over it. I have a perspective about it, and and we have navigated through it. Now that our children are much older, they're not interested, and and neither are we. But I do know that when you have younger children, that uh, there can be pressure points, either from your children or for the culture or from friends. And so it can be challenging for some people. But I do want you to Always keep that at the forefront of your mind that no matter what the situational challenge is, it is an opportunity to make God's name great. And so it's just another discipleship privilege for missionally-minded Christians, a A privilege that the Lord gives us to bring a fitting response to this annual interruption. And then it will be over, and we will move on to Thanksgiving and christian uh, christmas and so this is a busy season as well and i suppose halloween is what is what kicks it off now mercifully god does not leave us alone to figure out our concerns those things that are important to us we have all the resources that we need to think through any problem or any perplexity in our lives think about this the spirit of god gives us clarity. We have the illuminating force, the illuminating power of the Spirit of God working, operating inside of us. The Father has given us His authoritative and sufficient word to come alongside us to guide our thoughts and we also have each other to bounce off our ideas. And so there is an interconnectedness here of God's word, God's spirit, and, and God's community. And it provides us with unassailable wisdom to formulate a biblical response to Halloween, a biblical response to any other issue uh, that we may have. And so this is excellent news because with the collective perspectives and the approaches, I mean, they can be all over the map on this secondary issue. And so you can entertain Uh, one brother who believes this and it's not something that you might believe and then someone over here let's say in a small group context has something that's just diametrically opposed to that individual and maybe you don't even believe or practice what either one of they them do but again we have god's word the illuminating power of the spirit and we do have the community, and it creates a, a balance, hopefully, to remove tensions as we work through the issues in our life. And Halloween is a secondary issue. It, it doesn't rise to the level of gospel integrity, but yet we can't necessarily dismiss it either. And that's why I want to share these things with you. And perhaps you would like to take advantage of these interconnected privileges of grace as you think through how to respond to the Halloween dilemma. And I trust that what I'm presenting here will be part of the resources that you Uh, accrue to be able to make a decision about how to respond to Halloween. Now, if you have other questions, for example, and as you seek God's Word and, and you have the courage and the compassion to communicate those truths with common sense clarity, if you need assistance, if we can serve you in any way, I would encourage you to take advantage of our sanctification center that you would come into our coffee shop at lifeovercoffee.com. That is the street address. And, And our resources are free. And so please just hit the search feature. In the upper right of our website, you'll see a little tiny magnifying glass. And if you click on it, it will open up and you will be able to type any word or phrase in it. You could type the word Halloween in it and you'll find uh, this article, the podcast, and the video. But if we can help you with anything else, just please uh, let us know. For those of you who support our ministry Thank you for your financial support. You are the people that make it free for everyone else. By the way, if you would like to be a supporter of our ministry, we will not turn you away. We need more supporters and we would love for you to financially help us to financially underwrite this ministry so that we can provide these resources to uh, whosoever will all around the world. But please come and take advantage because uh, we have a ton of information that will help you on all things pertaining to life and godliness including uh, this yearly interruption in America that we call Halloween. And so knowing how to respond is essential because your friends do have different views than yours. And so you want to be ready to engage them with, with charity and clarity. And so what I want to do here is I want to give you six diverse perspectives, and they are fictional narratives. This is not anyone that I know, though I'm quite sure that all six of these will fit some of the people who are listening or watching this. And so, not in any Particular order, I just want to give you six categories of people and how they respond to Halloween. And so the first one is what I call the flight approach. Let's just get out of town. Now, this is Biff. Biff leads his family by declaring Halloween as movie night. And he herds and gathers his family upstairs. The lights are off, and the family is huddled around the television watching the sound of music for the 14th time. That's the flight approach. That's Biff and his family. Number two, you have the engage approach. Now, this is Bart. You see, Bart calls Biff a legalist. Bart allows his kids to dress in costumes for a night of what he calls harmless fun. He says, you only live once, let them enjoy it. Besides, they can share Christ with the other kids. And so Bart has the engage approach. Biff has the flight approach. And then there is dear Mabel. She has the ignore approach. Approach. You see, Mabel pretends that Halloween does not exist. She puts her fingers in her ears and, and just screams, it doesn't exist. You see, Mabel is a single mom. And I, I don't know how much interaction that you have had with single moms, but that is one demographic of people that is multitasking at a level that few of us can can even comprehend. She does not need another battlefield to walk on with her children, and so she does the ignore approach, number three. All right, so number four is the succumb approach. This is Bryce and Marge. You see, Bryce and Marge, they struggle with the fear of man. They are regularly concerned with what other people think about them. They do not care for Halloween, but they typically succumb to their nagging children as well as the pressure that they perceive from their friends. And so the fear of man, always caring what other people think, that is a dastardly sin. And when you succumb to that temptation, you will be managed by those whose opinion that you value. And of course, the children, that gives them a lot of power. And so that is the succumb approach, number four with Bryce and Marge. Then there's the passive approach, number five, Bert. Bert is your stereotypical lazy passive dad. He doesn't care. As long as it does not interfere with his life, he's good. Bert says, what's the big deal? When I was a kid, blah, blah, blah. He then goes off on a rant about how hard he had it as a child, and and then he ends with this. Look at me. I turned out okay. Well, Madge, who just happens to be married to Bert, she's never been courageous enough to honestly tell bert what turned out okay really looks like from her perspective and so she is biting her tongue but bert is taking the passive approach he just doesn't want to be bothered with it so that he can continue to spin in his self-centered universe and then finally there is number 6 that is the arrogant approach and this is billy Billy waits for the discussion to turn to him in the men's group. He is chomping at the bit. You see, Billy is arrogant, the arrogant approach. He loves throwing down the Reformation Day card because he's pretty doggone sure that most of his friends have not thought about it. And though his answer is logical... The self-righteousness that emanates and flows out of him and his disdain for those who do not see things his way is quite stifling. And so there are six approaches from six individuals and families, and I know some of you might find yourself in, in any one of those scenarios. But as you were listening to them, here's the question that I want to ask. What did you think when you heard the fictional stories about the different responses to Halloween. Now, I'm asking you this question for two reasons. One, you probably have friends who represent most, if not all, of them. But then number two, how you think about your friends will affect how you engage your friends over what could be an emotional subject, Halloween. You see, emoting over Halloween in non-constructive ways is easy and it's tempting, but it's non-productive. Passion is fantastic. Having an opinion about something, being for or against something, we need to take a stand. And passion is fantastic. But humble self-awareness, An awareness that reminds you, that reminds me who we were before Christ came into our lives. It should temper any wayward enthusiasm. And so we want to be careful. My point here is we want to guard our tongues, especially if we are tempted to emote about the devil's holiday. Uh, We can throw people. Maybe we don't have the relational bridge to communicate in a charitable way. I am not talking about compromising the message of the scriptures, but we want to make sure that we are not that we're not in the, the last approach, the arrogant approach, Billy, as he waits for the discussion to turn to him so that he could throw down the Reformation card with his stifling arrogance, We want to be careful. And one of the ways, I think the most effective way to be careful about guarding our tongues before we speak is to think about who we were before Christ found us and regenerated us. Who were you before Christ found you? You were dead in sin, for by grace God saved you. We did not earn this. We have received the merciful kindness from God, which should have a humbling effect, especially as we engage those who are different from us. What are we apart from his persevering grace? What are we? Well, we're the biggest sinner that we know especially when it comes to thinking about our friends. You see, without humility, passion creates disunity in our communities, which is why it's helpful to consider that even if you are categorically opposed to Halloween, and I'm fine with that if you are, and that you are confident that you are right in your position Everybody does not hold that perspective. And so maybe for some of us that we we are correct and they need to change their minds. And if that is true, we want to ensure that we have the relational bridge to communicate our view with biblical clarity as we are sharing it. And above all, do so with humility. We want to steward our pontificating. And I have heard a lot of pontificating on certain hot-button subjects, and Halloween has been one of those subjects. Christmas, too, by the way. And so it reminds me of what Paul told us in Ephesians 4, 9, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those hear. Part of our humility finds moderation because we know that we have yet to reach a state of perfection in our hearts or in our deeds, and so my appeal is for us to guard our hearts before we pontificate, excuse me, before we pontificate about Halloween. Ironically, It's not wise to speak about evil as though we do not participate in evil somehow. The darkness of Satan impacts our lives throughout the year, not just on October the 31st in America. If we do not sprinkle our minds with grace, our communication will be harsh and non-redemptive. Halloween should not be about winning arguments, splitting hairs, or flaunting theological knowledge. Our primary goal should be to position ourselves before God, humbly asking Him to use us to redeem lives, even while making Halloween an opportunity to put Christ on display through our attitudes, words, and actions. We are always cooperating with God not as primary care agents, as though we are the ones that can change people. We can't change anyone. But we cooperate with him, the primary change agent. We are secondary causal agents. And we want to cooperate with a humble way. And so as you think about these six people and six families, maybe a prayer To preface, any engagement that you have with them would be in order. A prayer like this could suffice, I think. Dear Lord, I have an opinion about Halloween, but you know me. Will you guard my heart and control my tongue as I speak on this subject? I want the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight. I also want to help not hurt people. And so maybe that would be a good sample prayer, and you're welcome to use it. In fact, you can go on our website, lifeovercoffee.com. The title of this, of what I'm sharing with you, is Six Thoughtful and Practical Responses to Halloween. I've shared those six stories uh, with you, and I trust that this is becoming more and more practical, especially as we steward our pontificating. But with that said, and our prayer offered up to God, we do want to respond to these people because we don't want to compromise. So we want to do it with charity and clarity. And so now what I would like to do is to roll back through these six folks. And maybe it would be wonderful if you just stopped the tape right now and and, and write out those six approaches, and, and think through how you would respond to Biff, and Bart, and Mabel, and Bryce, and Marge, and Bert, and Pilly. If you had the context, and had the time, and had the relationship to speak to them, it would be a great examination if you would want to write those things out, and then start the tape back up. And I want to share with you now just a few things that I would want them to consider. If I had the context and had the time and had the relationship with them and they were asking me and they wanted to engage in this conversation, I have had people who have come and asked, hey, Rick, what is your view on on Halloween? Here is our view. And we've had those engaging conversations. And so if you do have context, time, and relationship to speak into their lives, how would you communicate to them in a way that would benefit them and bring honor and glory to God as you bring clarity to them from God's Word all right so let's take them in order number one was the flight approach this was Biff remember he would he would gather his family together herd them together and run upstairs and watch the sound of music for the 14th time Biff will have to deal with Halloween. The flight approach is not appropriate. He cannot bury his head in the sand and pretend that Halloween does not exist. He wants his religion to be exportable, and an exportable religion is a religion that makes sense. It is a religion that is taught and explained And so running away from opportunities is not the answer for engaging Christians, which is what Christians should be. He can herd his children upstairs while they are young and get away with that, but they're not going to be forever young. They will eventually tire of the sound of music. And so our friend Biff needs a a wiser parenting approach, which should be, incrementally introducing his children to the world. I mean, as they get older and appropriate to each child, he needs to be revealing more of the culture to his children because there is coming a day when they are going to step up Out in that culture and it could be a full frontal assault that they are not prepared for because all Biff has been doing is gathering, herding, huddling his children together upstairs and watching the sound of music ad infinitum. Biff needs to lead his children by teaching them about life and culture biblically, appropriately, incrementally. And Halloween is an excellent opportunity for him to do this. If he does not, the culture will teach his children about themselves. And so every parent has to determine, am I going to teach our children about the culture or I'm just going to let the culture do it? And the culture will pressure the kids to follow their worldviews and their practices. That's what these social media platforms are to a large degree. They are evangelistic platforms for the culture to capture the kids and to instruct them in their worldview. And it could be that some of Biff's children may not be able to withstand the pressures that are placed on them by the culture, mainly... If they have not received teaching, encouragement, discipleship, or if they are susceptible to the fear of man, which they are, every kid is, and though they may be able to recite and even act out the sound of music, they will be at a loss regarding cultural engagement. The flight approach is not wise. As Biff is doing it. Number two is the engage approach. This is BART. BART is overreacting to Biff's flight approach. Biff's unwillingness to engage by letting his children become, Bart is letting his children become the anti-legalist poster children. I'm not going to be like that, that old legalistic Biff. No, I am Bart, and our children are going to engage. I I have encountered many Barts in my life. And usually they come out of legalistic environments. They jump out of the legalistic ditch and land over here into what I call the the grace mistake. The grace mistake is where grace becomes an excuse to live how you want to. And so they come out of these legalistic environments and are easily tempted to overcorrect their practices through the misuses of grace. This view does not mean that you should just leave Bart as he is because he is correct. He is not correct. He's overreacting to legalistic Biff, who is busy watching The Sound of Music for the 14th time with his children. A close friend should come alongside Bart to help him work through his thought processes. For example, Bart said that this is just harmless fun. Halloween is not benign because Halloween teaches a worldview. Halloween, like all things, come with a worldview, a presupposition. Cornelius Van Til taught us about presuppositional apologetics, and one of the things that Cornelius Van Til taught is that there are no neutral facts, and he is right. Halloween is not neutral. Halloween has an interpretation, and that interpretation is ungodly. And Bart needs to be careful in his overreaction to legalistic biff. He says it's harmless fun. It's not. He also says you only live once. Well, this statement is part of Bart's fun worldview. Bart likes fun, which his fun worldview could stand a little God-centered reshaping because you do only live once and we need to live in God-centered ways. And then third, not only harmless fun, you only live once. And then finally, he said, it's an opportunity to share Christ. Well, Unless his children are little apostles, I'm sure that their fixation will be on the candy that they receive rather than the Christ they should be sharing. And even if they were to evangelize, Bart could find a better venue and a better time for them to do it. His overly spiritualized, fun-centered worldview, it sounds more like a justification that releases him from the hard work of parenting. The hit-and-run, shove-a-bible-track-at-someone approach has seen better days. And so the engage approach needs a little tweaking, just like Biff's flight approach. And then there's Mabel. All alone in this world is asking too much of anyone. This problem, the ignore approach, Mabel, the single mom you remember, the ignore approach, is part of the reason there is a local church. Mabel needs the body of Christ surrounding her, helping her to parent her children her local body needs to perceive her struggle and come alongside her to care for her family she's too overwhelmed to think about Halloween while hoping it will not be a big deal this year she needs the body of Christ the local assembly specifically where she has her context Number four is the succumb approach. This is Bryce and Marge who struggle with the fear of man. They too need someone to come alongside them to carefully walk them through the underlying issues of their collective lives. How to respond to Halloween is not their primary problem. Halloween is a a surface issue and also a seasonal litmus test that they fail each year if they caved to Halloween's cultural expectations and pressures, or the nagging children, you can bet they fell in other areas too, not just this seasonal litmus test. This failure points to the broader issue of insecurity or fear of man, which leads to their frail relationship with God, and that is the heart of what they're struggling with. Halloween and them being managed by the opinion of other people, the fear of man I'm talking about, all that does is reveal that they have a frail relationship with God. Like Mabel, the stay-at-home mom, they need biblical friends who love them enough to help them to mature in Christ. And then there's Bert, the passive approach, the lazy man. Bert is slowly losing his family, but he does not see it, and he may not care. Bert is a little different from the previous four. He will be difficult to help because he needs a compassionate kick in the seat of his unbiblical pants. It is hard to push a rope. It just folds up on you, the passive man. Motivating a passive person is very difficult. Bert is the anti-gospel man. The gospel is about going and giving and intruding and impressing upon and getting to the heart of the problem while seeking to transform lives. Bert is not about any of these things. Bert is about Bert. The only thing that he is not passive about his self-centeredness, his hedonistic lifestyle. And so his approach, the passive approach, someone needs to really spur him on, stir him up to loving good deeds. Number six, the arrogant approach. Remember the Reformation card? Billy, the arrogant. Bert's opposite. Billy's not passive like Bert. He loves being right. He loves being in control. He loves coming across as impressive. Pursuing, creating, sustaining, redemptive relationships are not his strengths. And so he's pursuing, but not building redemptively. From the outside looking in, he appears to have the best answer, the Reformation card. But his heart is in dire need of gospel-centered transformation, like the previous five. The Apostle Paul spoke to people like this in 1 Corinthians, who were more about being correct than being redemptive. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, specifically, the arrogant people that were looking down on those who were afraid to eat meat offered to idols. Some people in Corinth knew eating meat was not a big deal. They dropped their, it's okay to eat meat card down on the table, but their attitudes were wrong. Having the correct answer is only, part of the, is only part of the answer. Having the right attitude is essential. But knowledge can puff up the inflatable mind while love can build up the needy soul. Our friend Billy should be more careful, engaging, involved, and humble. The title of this is Six Thoughtful and Practical Responses to, uh, to Halloween. I want to ask you just a, a couple of questions as I as I wrap up. And then I want to give you the backstory as to why I am sharing these things with you. But the call to action here, question number one: Do you see Halloween more as a point to be right or an opportunity to be right? redemptive. Explain your answer. Number two, are you more willing to engage your friends redemptively or are you tempted to refrain because of fear? The succumb approach, you remember, fear of man. Number three, how does your self-awareness govern your perspective? This is what Billy really needed, self-awareness, so that his his stifling arrogance would not be taking all the air out of the room. How does your self-awareness govern your perspective? Now, let me give you the backstory as to why I'm sharing this. A few years ago, one of our small group members humbly asked about our views on Halloween. Now, we had divergent—we had different opinions— which they knew that our opinions was different from theirs. But rather than making them feel dumb or unusual or, or wrong, it was an opportunity to walk through what we believe, why we believe what we believe, and how we practice our beliefs while anticipating the Lord to work in their hearts and our hearts in whatever way that the Lord wanted to work in our hearts. It was not our desire to manipulate or make a mandate on what they should do, It is a secondary Christian conversation, not one that rises to the level of gospel integrity. And that is why I I wrote this, because again, we don't want to compromise the truth, but we want to be careful as how we communicate it as we engage others. I also chose to present this differently from a lot of Halloween pieces that you may read on the internet. there There are so many arguments that circulate during this time of the year about Halloween is of the devil and why you should steer clear of it. I could have written from that angle, but it would have been rehash ad infinitum. That information is already out there. It's in the public domain, and it's easily accessible. In fact, what I did is I typed Christian Perspective on Halloween, And I got 3.5 million possibilities in 0.17 seconds. And so if you want to gain a Christian perspective on Halloween, you can take the time and do the research and it will benefit you. But my point in presenting this is to discuss how our attitudes toward others differ and the need to submit our minds to Christ if you're living out humility you will redemptively position yourself to compassionately and competently and courageously engage each other in cultural culturally related issues and and we should. Now, I would love for you to read, watch, and listen what I've just presented to you. Again, it's titled Six Thoughtful and Practical Responses to Halloween. All you have to do is type the word Halloween in our search box, and you will find these read, watch, listen resources. I trust it will benefit you. If we can serve you, please let us know. And then Again, if you are able, everybody can, but if you are able to support our ministry, we do need more supporters so that we can keep up with uh, what is required of us. And if you're able to do that, we would love you. I'd love for you to be part of our supporting community. Thank you so much, and God bless. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.